Limerick have been waiting for. 
if you think of it in a four pool group uh, with four pool group with six games, you, you know, top spot and the possibility of getting in as a, as a best place runner up, you, you, you had a hell of a lot to play for uh, throughout someone. So long as you can keep picking up points, so, so, you know, in, in a four pool group, either top it or qualify as a best runner up. If you had an Italian team in there, uh, your chances of coming out as a second place runner up were, were even magnified again. So, you know, it's, 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 it's the format of the competition because of COVID-19, because of them trying to get it finished and give, you know, teams uh, as much opportunity to, to get European games in as possible, you know, with the extended uh, autumn series for the internationals and looking again head to Six Nations in, uh, in in the springtime, I suppose it's the best of a bad lot. But as far as it's it's a really really hard format to to to, to get to get out of. Uh, just want to bring it back to the game against Claremont. Um, there's I was look, looking at the Claremont players. There's real quality all over the place, especially in that backline. You've Matsushima, Peno. You've Fritz at eight, you've Para, Camille Lopez. It's a pretty formidable squad or a pretty formidable starting 15 that Munster will be up against. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I suppose if you look at what Munster have done this year, it's been hugely encouraging in the Pro 14. Uh, they've had youngsters like Coombs, Healy, uh, Craig Casey, all, you know, look very, very comfortable at Pro 14 level and looking like Pro 14 guys who have had 100 caps and not probably less than 20. So you take that and then you you shift up several gears, even I would say from Quinns again, and you're edging to, you know, this is top end elite Champions Cup teams that you're now coming up against. And it's a huge step up from Pro 14. And I suppose, look, that's the next stepping stone on the curve for these guys. Um, it's there's, you know, Conor Murray probably isn't going to play the full 80 minutes. Look, Craig Casey will probably get to get some game time over here. It'd be interesting to see how he does in uh, in this environment. I'm I'm not sure. I'm not sure that this competition is the end all and be all for Munster this year, owing to the format and and the layout and the structure of it. But I think it is a crucial. European competition from Munster in terms of giving these guys um, opportunities at this level to prove themselves. So, you know, they, the te- tests, European tests in rugby don't come much tougher than Claremont away. And if you're trying to get guys to step up from Pro 14, the Champions Cup as the next logical bridge in progression to making it to test international level, then, um, you know, you're going to find out some answers at the weekend. Is there anywhere Munster can target Claremont? We've seen they beat Bristol Bears 51-38 the last day out. 51, obviously, a great tally, but 38 points might suggest there might be some issues defensively. Yeah, and I think if you look at Munster's midfield, uh, assuming it'll be Dylan Day and, and Chris Farrell, one thing that they, those guys have is, is some serious uh, ability to get over the gain line. And I just think if, if you look at... I, I think that's an area where Munster can do damage. If you look at the last day as well... With um, with Harlequins, I thought Munster's set piece was very efficient. Um, you know, they obviously got the penalty try from 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 the lineout mall, and I think you know one of the one of the kind of the templates for any of Munster's previous victories in France was always being ruthlessly efficient and taking your chances. They might have hung on, they might have dropped a goal in the last minute, they might have come back. I think there was a, there was a year. I'm pretty sure it was the year that they. 
can remember one year where they 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 came back from three or four four tries down to claim a last minute bonus point over in Claremont, and again that proved crucial in progression from the group in the latter stages. So Munster have always kind of clawed results back and have made the most of possession when when they've went there. Maybe not always getting on getting on the win, but I think uh, for Munster going there this weekend, have to be efficient line out and scrum. Uh, that's easier said than done, but if they can take field position get points from it and, 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 and kind of replicate how efficient they were against Queens. Cause I, I do, I do think despite the fact that they didn't play the most flowing rugby at times when they did get the opportunities, they took them. And I suppose when you're going away from home, especially in France, that's uh, something that you'd, uh, you'd really want to do. You also have the fact as well that there isn't going to be a massive crowd at this game. Um, so that that's always a factor when you go to France. So that should, that should play in Munster's favor as well. What did you, what did you think of Munster's performance against Harlequins last weekend? Got the 21-7 victory in the end. Do you think that they'll need to step up a few gears if they are to pull off a shock yeah. here? Yeah, Quinns aren't... Uh, Claremont aren't Quinns, um, if, if you know what I mean. I, they're, 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 they're a step up in my, in my estimate. Um, you know, Quinns, they lived on the edge, coughed up a lot of penalties... Uh, penalties that led to points, and I think look, they had they had three yellow cards over the entirety of the match. That's thirty minutes down to fourteen players, and I think statistically, you know, conceding points when you're when you're down a man, they they were always fighting an uphill battle uh, to 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 kind of to, to stay in touch. A month. Having said that, Munster. You know, there was there was never really a chance of them getting a bonus point. I thought they looked like they looked a good bit off that. Um, they denied Quinns a losing bonus point, which is also, which which was good. But you didn't really ever think that Munster were going to get the five points against Quinn uh, against Quinns. Um, and again, kind of like the template for winning games away in France, the winning the, the winning at home template from Munster has always been to kind of maybe get one or two tries in the first half, uh, kind of have that cushion going in or that platform built at halftime. They didn't last weekend. I think it was six nil or nine nil at the at the break. And, you know, they, they didn't get that first half try, even if it was just one that would have given them a shot of kicking on the second half for it. Uh, you know, they won't. I can't imagine them being in the oppor- getting those opportunities this weekend. But if they can um, if they can stay within a score or two coming down the stretch in the last 20 minutes, then, you know, you'd, you'd, you'd imagine they'd have a chance. But it's to it's this basically to kind of stay with Claremont for, for as long as they can and see where it keeps them coming down the stretch. And we've heard during the week uh, Ben Healy ruled out with a shoulder injury. How big a blow is that for Munster? Now, he didn't start last week, but he's shown this season what he can do. Oh, it's a huge blow for Munster. Absolutely huge. Um, You know, we've seen him, you know, last-minute kicks, last-minute penalties to... To, to to kind of to to claim back it was against the the scarlets we saw him land uh, kicks in, in in the other pro 14 games as well he's been really impressive um and he's also been his his overall general play has been really really impressive so he has kind of been ticking all the boxes um for munster and he's kind of you know if i'm munster i'm looking to tie this guy down as soon as i can for as long as i can because i don't know if we're going to have a, uh, you know, I, I really don't know if Joey Carberry is going to be the answer for Munster long term with this injury profile that he has. So I think I think Ben Healy is is 
his progression and his pathway through to becoming the, the main monster number 10 is, is probably getting shorter and shorter. Uh, and I think that he is a huge loss to Munster this weekend. What do you make of the situation with Healy? He's been linked with Glasgow. He can play for Scotland. We've heard Gregor Townsend talk him up and say that he is a great player. What do you, is it? Do you think that this is just um, media rumours or is there some substance to this? Well, I'm sure if you're in, in Glasgow's, uh, if you're in Glasgow's position, you would definitely want a guy like uh, Ben Healy on your on your side, uh, a fine player with huge potential. But if you're Ben Healy, you also have to to ask yourself where would you rather be? Would you rather be uh, in the setup in Munster, uh, or would you rather be in the setup in Glasgow? Who is more likely to deliver you? Uh, Pro 14 titles uh, or, or Champions Cup titles for that matter. And you'd also have to ask if if the ultimate goal, which I'm sure it is, is to play in the test arena, is Ireland or Scotland uh, the better option? And I think in all those cases, Munster would be the answer that I'd be, I'd be putting forward. Now, obviously, I would be biased in that sense, but I think if you're Ben Healy, Who's to say that he's not going to use Glasgow's interest as as a bargaining chip to get that better deal from Munster? I'd imagine that you know sometimes agents can can start getting these rumors out there early before their client is is sitting at the negotiating table to 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 have that little bit of leverage. Like you know, look, Glasgow are interested. You know, what kind of an offer have you got on the table? So I I there, there's probably a bit of that in it, and you know you also have to look at. Uh, um, to during the week to, to I think it was um you know Glasgow's profile in the Pro 14 has slipped they they haven't been good this year um you know they're probably you'd probably be looking at the case of you know a Glasgow team on a downward spiral who who are really trying to rebuild against the Munster team who look on the cusp or on the verge of really doing some 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 really good stuff um you know I, I you're also looking at a Munster team who have pretty much cemented i would imagine top spot in their conference in the pro 14 which is something that we've been trying to do for years and have always kind of fallen off the pace or or or, or made mistakes which have you know ended us ended up with us being um you're facing that dreaded semi-final up in the aviva or the or the rds so you know um i i just think that that munster and ireland probably a better option for for ben healy but um, you know, uh, I, 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 I don't. I, I see the Glasgow interest as as a serious interest, but I think it's more of a more of a sideshow. To be honest with you, I would not. I would be very surprised if Ben Healy was was a Glasgow warrior at any stage. Yeah, it's he's he has done very well breaking through this season. Now another young player who's continuing to impress and has actually got a pretty decent try scoring record. Gavin Coombs, he touched down against Harlequins last weekend. What do you make of his progress this year? Uh, he's been superb. And and just before we we, we, we parked the Glasgow thing, you also have to look at a, a Glasgow side who have lost um, Adam Hastings during the week, who has who has committed to, to moving to, to Gloucester. So f- the Scottish sides at the moment are finding it hard enough to keep their best players. Um, England, France looks like being a better option for them. So if that's the kind of the, the, the flow of direction of talent from the Glasgow teams in the Pro 14, then you'd have to you'd have to question if, if ben, Healy, ben Healy going in that direction would be would be good for his career. Uh, regarding Coombs, 
Um, the guy has been fantastic. He has been absolutely superb. Um, you know, would have watched him plenty of times in Pro 14 last season. And you just got the feeling that he was kind of getting that head of steam. And he looks like a serious operator for Munster, a serious try scoring um uh, threat as well and it's always good when you see a forward greedy who who likes getting who you know who likes getting uh claiming that ball at the back of the rock and, and and refusing to let anyone else take it off him and that's good to see as well i, I just think he's a he's a he's a fine player and i think the monster academy is certainly bearing fruit over the um it's it's not a quick fix and i think everyone when they see the talent that leinster have coming through we tend to sometimes say, oh, well, look, it's numbers, it's schools, it's money, it's uh, all that sort of stuff. And they are all huge factors. But I think as well with Munster, we just have to be patient. And uh, we're not going to have the, the academy crops that Leinster will have. But um, when you see the likes of, 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 of uh, Coombs, Casey and Healy coming through and what they're producing now, I suppose it's just a testament to the patience that the province have shown in some of these players. Would Coombs be a potential um, Ireland international perhaps next year, or is that a bit too early now? That back row is extremely competitive, as we've seen Will Connors break through this year. Do you think? Um, I suppose there is a lot of rugby to be played between now and, and the Six Nations again. Uh, the only thing you would say is that there 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 are no other international matches to to. to be uh, to, 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 to play between now and then. So I suppose, look, all, all we've seen of him uh, so far will be what... Um, you know, will be what Andy Farrell and the Irish coaching staff will be ma- basing their decision on. Now, look, a lot can change between now and, uh, and 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 the Six Nations in terms of guys' form in European games. But there are there are a few ahead of him at the moment. But there's nothing to say that with a good European campaign and some good showings here that he can't uh, put himself right in the reckoning for for a place in the back row spot. If not, most certainly for a match day spot slot. I'm just looking heading into this heading into this Claremont game. Munster RA from eight now. We know the Pro 14 is a different kettle of fish and a Harlequins, it wasn't it wasn't plain sailing there. But the one thing for Munster going into this game on Saturday is the fact that they do have momentum compared to Claremont who have had only three games this season. Yeah, they do. Um, they have momentum and I suppose, look, they have not just momentum, but they have winning momentum, which is even, you know, different and better again. And I think... You know, anyone uh, winning is you know winning is a habit. Winning is is essential insofar as that it's it's it has allowed this monster team to develop while getting the results at the same time. You know, a couple of years ago they were they weren't getting the results, but you know they, they were still learning and, and developing as players and as a squad. And I think if you look at it now, uh, they're getting the two. They're getting the development. They're getting the wins. They're getting confident. And I just think that. You know, um, look, uh, it's going to be a huge challenge going to Claremont at the weekend. But I think Munster have went there in worse shape than they're going in there this weekend. And they've come out with really good performances and and, 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 and gotten results. So, you know, any, anything can happen. I wouldn't be surprised, but it, it, is, it is a huge task. I actually want to go back to the Harlequins uh, game because there's a, um, you mentioned about the Harlequins' ill-discipline, three yellow cards. I also want to get your thoughts on Danny Kerr's comments. He compared Munster to PSG and basically said that they were play acting a lot of the time. What's your opinion on that? Well, look, I know I think this was on the BBC podcast uh, during the week that this came uh, came out. And look, you'd have to 
you'd, you'd you'd have to wonder how much of this was was a was it was a line just aimed at, at laying down a marker for the for the um, for the next game when Munster will have to travel over to the stoop. Um, I don't know. I, I a lot of the times with these with with players coming out with statements like this, it's it's hard to know. I mean, I'll put it to you this way: I wouldn't see a monster. I, I I doubt we'd see a monster player saying something similar because I think they they just would keep their counsel. They would do their talking on the pitch, and you know perhaps Danny Care might be best served doing his talking on the pitch in, in the stoop next day around than. Uh, than, than through the through the podcasts, but um, look, I don't see anything in it. I don't see I don't see the monster players playing up or are acting up. Um, you know, monster aren't responsible for for Quinns losing their discipline. Uh, you know, that's 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 Quinns, and I, I think I go back to the old adage of you you are what you repeatedly do. And if Quinns were repeatedly giving away penalties, then you know, Quinns were indisciplined, which they were, and uh, it cost them at the weekend. I think it's more, it's more probably frustration with the with the team's own performance than with anything Munster was doing. You'd imagine though that it's a real double-edged sword. You can do that, and you can try and say to the referee, you could try and maybe plant a seed, but you're going up against um, O'Mahony and CJ Stander next time out. The last thing you really want to be doing is poking the bear, if you will. Yeah, and I suppose look, you're you're also planting planting a seed for a game that's still a few weeks away yet. So, um, you really have to wonder how relevant that comment is going to be by the time the game comes around. If it was said in the week leading up to the match, you'd say okay, try this. But like, you know, professional rugby players, and in any of the sports, really, you'll see that they're so consumed in their own little bubble that what Danny Kerr says or what any of the Harlequins players or you know even even the media says they they have. They have media training. They can isolate themselves away from that. That, to me, won't be a factor in, in the lead up to the game. It might be something that they might let Danny Care know about uh, during the match, but I don't think it's going to have any bearing. Uh, certainly, leading up to it, it's not the kind of stuff I'd imagine that they'll be pinning up in the dressing room. Yeah, it's just seemed. I just seemed a bit just thrown out there more than anything else. Yeah. Um, looking again um, with with the whole format. How many points do Munster need now? They're on four points after the Harlequins game. What's pro- what's the target that they would need to get out of the pool? So four, let's say if they pick up uh, a losing bonus point here, that will put them on five. You would probably look at having to come back to Thoman Park to beat Claremont. Uh, with 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 a, just a win, that would be four. That would bring them to nine, and then you'd be looking at possibly having to go to Quinns and get a bonus point, which would bring you on to sixteen. So I, I would imagine that sixteen points will be the most that Munster can can finish with in in this in this format. Um, what's the state of Munster rugby right now? We've mentioned we've seen the academy. Does there need to be more focus on the club level, or is or is the talent coming through now that people just need to wait for? Yeah, well, I think we touched on it a while ago about the patience that Munster have shown. Um, I think they've bought really well this season with the two South Africans and with Matt Gallagher. Uh, I think, you know, 
RG Snayman's injury in the in the opening seconds of his debut was a tragedy for Munster in terms of their of their of their planning for this season and what he would have brought to the team. I'm hearing that he's recovering recovering is going really well and that we could be looking at a March return, which would be a huge boost. It would be obviously it would be like a new signing again because we only saw him for three minutes. But um, you know, I, I think for Munster it's very much. Uh, a combination of the two. I think the, the academy has turned out good players, is turning out good players, and will continue to do so. It's just a case of being patient. We won't turn them out at the rate uh, of a Leinster either. But I suppose that's I suppose where we have to be a bit more, um, a bit more clever in, in what we're doing. But I, I think the system is doing fairly well at the minute. Like you look at Craig Casey, and that guy looks so assured on the pitch. He's he's a nailed on Irish international uh, in my book. Um, and and I think that he he jumps ahead uh, he jumps ahead of a lot of the guys in uh, for for to replace Conor Murray in in that nine berth when uh, when Conor Murray steps away from the Irish team. Well, and I mean that's that's a product of the Munster Academy. So if if if, if that's the caliber of a guy we can produce in that sense, I don't see why we can't uh, do it in a few more positions. Ben Healy as well. What's the state of Irish rugby right now? Um, no, the RFU, there's been no fans. Uh, the team, they've beaten everyone bar England and France. The draw at the World Cup has pitted them against um, they've got Scotland in there. What, what, how is Irish rugby fair and going into 2021? Um, oh God, jeez. Um, Oh look, it's been it's been a weird kind of a test window and few months for the international side. Uh, difficult insofar as like, like you said, we've beaten everybody bar um England and France, but I think if you were to throw in some of the touring south uh, southern hemisphere sides this year, like we would have seen in previous years, would we have beaten an Argentina this year? Would we have beaten an Australia, a South Africa, a New Zealand? Under our current run of form, I think possibly Australia and Argentina. They wouldn't have been, uh, you know, I wouldn't have been as sure as I would have been a couple of years ago of us beating those teams were they to visit up here. I don't think we'd have beaten, uh, I, I, would, I wouldn't have had a hope against New Zealand or South Africa this year. So I suppose the results this year are, are reflective in where we stand in the Northern Hemisphere, but where we stand in world rugby, I think it would be further down again. Um, I think. Andy Farrell has a huge task ahead of him. I think the Irish team have just looked a bit rudderless at the moment with regards to the the, the 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 game plan where they're trying to where they're trying to play. But you know he's only in the job. Um, his first tournament in the job, so I presume I, I you know we'll have to give that time to see where where he goes. It's a huge cycle though in that. We see the draw for the World Cup. Scotland, who have been promising to do great things for a long time, South Africa and ourselves. And, you know, I think you look at the pool and you think, all right, crack, that's a that's a tough pool. Look, looks like being a game against Scotland to decide who goes through in second place. And then you think, OK, second place, if we get the runners up, maybe Wales or Australia or someone in the in the quarterfinal, how bad? It wouldn't be too bad. And then you find out that your quarterfinal opponents are most likely, uh, depending on where you finish, will be probably New Zealand or France. And you see the trajectory in which both those teams are going and you're starting to worry. <laughs> and uh, for me, I I just, I think I think we, 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 pro- we probably come out of the pool in second place by beating Scotland, losing to South Africa, uh, which would probably pit us against New Zealand and, unless France do something absolutely crazy, which being at home, they could do. And being France, of course, they could certainly do. Um, 
but I think our our best path to this elusive semi-final, which I, I never really get the hang up of this because it's we talk about a semi-final like it's like as if it's winning the competition. I mean, if we're gonna get to if we're going to get past the quarterfinal, are we going to celebrate like we've won it because we get to a semi? No. If, if you get to that stage, you'd, you'd want to win the competition. Um, and I think Ireland will, Ireland will have sent better teams to World Cups and not, you know, not achieved. I think whatever team we'll be sending to the next World Cup, I don't know if we'll have the same strength that we would have had last two times out. Uh, and we saw what happened there. So... I would be fairly pessimistic for for that World Cup uh, for that World Cup cycle. Does Andy Farrell almost need to um, use use the next two years as a rebuild? Uh, because there is there is the age profile is going up. There's a lot of young players coming through. Do you almost make sacrifices because he has loaded a lot of players this year, or do you go still go all in with the current crop? No, I think look, it's the World Cup is what. Uh, It'll be when next season starts and we hit 21, it'll be two years away, uh, 21, 22, and probably 21, nearly, nearly three years away by the time uh, the World Cup is usually kind of October time anyway. So you'll be probably looking at the bones of three years away. It'll be three Six Nations competitions between then and the World Cup as well. So um, you have to look at the at the kind of at the importance and the weight that the IRFU put behind the Six Nations, be it from a revenue point of view, they like to see Ireland contesting. Uh, they like to see Ireland going into the final weekend with the, with chances of, of 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 winning the trophy or win or or, or, or or getting silverware out of it. So, um, it's very hard to use that cycle to blood players when you're in Ireland's position. France don't really ever seem to care where they finish in it. Sometimes they'll. You know, you'll see that they'll have a bit of intent other times. You know, now France on the flip side have always been talking about trying to build teams for the World Cup and have, have fallen fallen too. So um, it is it is a very, very important uh, Six Nations over the next three years that that, that competition is hugely important for Andy Farrell. Um, you know, if he kind of has a solid enough one this time out, I think it buys him a bit more time again. Um, and like I said, there's a lot of rugby to be played between now and 2023, but certainly the pool draw this week would have uh, would indicate a serious challenge for Ireland. Yeah, it, it, we have to wait and see what happens ahead. We never know with young players coming through around them. I just want to ask, um, looking at Munster's Christmas schedule, you've got Claremont, you've got the Interprovincials, you've got Claremont again and, and Harlequins again. What constitutes... Um, a successful period now obviously they'd love to win all the games but what would be the minimum they need to say that's been a good festive slash January period well I think uh, from the point of view of the Champions Cup if I'm Munster I want to be going into the, the final game I think it's on the 16th of um it's on the 16th of January. I want to be going into that final game against, uh, uh, sorry, against Claremont at home, knowing that five points will put me in a great position to qualify. And if I'm if I'm in, if I'm doing that, then I think that's. Or sorry, it's away against Quinns on the twenty third. So if we're going into that game away against Quinns on the twenty third of January, knowing that a bonus point uh, victory will will take us through in the Champions Cup. Whichever way that you know pans out, then I think that's a, that's a huge achievement for Munster. So again, look, we've always prided ourselves on not having dead rubbers in the last European game or last two European games, which is 
a painful way really to end the competition knowing that there's no hope for you to to get there so um i think that is um i think that's huge for Munster that they're that they're competitive in europe and that they have a chance of qualifying uh in your from europe going into the final kind of weekend uh, that of course will breed confidence within the squad, which is 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 crucial also. Uh, you then flip over to the Pro 14 and you look at the tables and, and you see we're uh, 12 points clear of Connacht, who have a game in hand. Uh, we're 16 points clear of Scarlet's with the same amount of games played. It would take a huge collapse for Munster to lose out on top spot in the uh, in Conference B. I mean, it would take an absolutely massive collapse. 7-0, seven, seven and all, uh, Ulster 8-0, Leinster 7-0. So I think like it has been you know, 100% victories for Ulster, Leinster and Munster in this competition. And, and you see how, how weak the other provinces have been. And then I just think for Munster, if they can, you know, Leinster is always the, is always the big test, I suppose, for Munster and has always been the big test for Munster over the last few years. Uh, and I think, you know, again, if we can... If we can kind of, you know, stay stay in touch, uh, kind of maintain that lead where we can in the Pro 14, I think our games, it's Leinster home, Ulster away, Connacht away, and then Claremont and Quinns back in Europe again. So I think in those three games, if we were to beat Leinster at home uh, and pick up a win, most likely it would be Connacht away. I think if we were to beat Leinster at home, beat Connacht away, even if we didn't win the game against Ulster, that would be uh, that would be a huge uh, huge return from the Christmas period. So to to to, be, to, to put to cut the answer short, that uh, that we're we go into the last game against Claremont uh, against Quinns away with a chance of qualifying for Europe, and that we pick up two out of three wins in the uh, in the Interpro derbies over the Christmas period. It certainly, is a lot of rugby to be played, and it is always a great time of year. Finally, I just want to get your prediction for the game on Sunday. How do you think Munster will do away in Claremont? Well, I think in those 16 points that I thought Munster would need to get to to have any hope of qualifying for the Champions Cup knockout stages, I did say that they would have to pick up a losing bonus point in Claremont. So I guess by uh, by virtue of my calculations, I will expect them to finish within seven, but I think they'll, they'll be put to the pin of their collar to, to do that. It will be a tough task for Munster this weekend, but they are capable of upsetting the odds in France. My thanks to Raphael for coming on the show and to everyone for listening. We'll be back in January, so everyone at the Limerick Voice would like to wish our listeners a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Bye for now.